welcome to Business Talk Sister Grok. I'm Becca. And I'm Ruthie. And today we get the opportunity to speak with somebody that I've been super excited to talk to for a while now, Anita Stevens. She is going to tell us about her business. So that's the first question for you. Thank you so much for being with us, Anita. Um, tell us about what you do. Okay, well, first of all, thank you guys. What an honor to be on your podcast today. So thank you for having me. Um, we serve Northeast Georgia real estate needs. So basically we help people buy, sell, and invest in real estate in the Northeast Georgia area, North Metro Atlanta area. What's your business name? You wanna tell us that? <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's Simply Stevens Real Estate. We're with Keller Williams Realty Atlanta Partners, um, but we have our own corporation underneath the Keller Williams umbrella and it's called nice. Stevens Real Estate. Yeah. So why did you get into real estate? What was your why behind what you're doing now? I'm passionate about serving people. We just love being part of people's life story because when you're serving people in this capacity, you're, you're walking through them in a story of their life. It could be their first home. They just got married and their first time homebuyers and the excitement there. It could also be um, a couple getting a divorce and they're separating assets and having to sell their family home. And it also could be an older couple downsizing and, you know, moving into their empty nester home or even a family moving uh, mom and dad into assisted living. So you're on this really important journey of their life and it matters. So, you know, we're passionate about that. Hmm. So how I'm going to just move a little bit more into this question about why do you do it? What, how did you get started in real estate? Like, what's your story behind how, getting into it and thinking, yeah, this is what I want to be doing? Well, I actually um, was in property management first. I had started early, early age, um, right out of high school, working as a leasing consultant and helping people run apartments. Hmm. And I thought, you know, if I can help people find apartments, I can help them find more than just an apartment here. I can help them find other apartments. So I started a company that was kind of apartment locating really is what it was. And then I thought, well, if I can help people find an apartment to live in, um, I can help them find homes to live in. And that's where I transition. I got licensed at a very early age and was licensed at age 23 and um, took off from there. Wow. That's a lot of <laughs> risk really young. Yeah. <laughs> I was very driven, always been very driven. <laughs> so keeping on that theme of, of personal drive, what made you want to start working for yourself? Um, a lot of things. It's the building a business that matters, that will help people. Um, being able to have your own schedule to fit around your family, even though it's a very hectic schedule um, that realtors live. Um, and you have to manage that certain ways, which we can talk about some more, but also for me, it's building a legacy for my children and their children, you know, if they choose to do that and grow in a business together, but you can either sell to um, someone else if you wanted to, or passing it down to your family. So all those were very appealing things to me and no, no limit. I mean, you know, you get what you put into it. So there's really the sky's the limit. There's no ceiling to what you can do, what you can do in a accomplish in real estate. Hmm. So kind of like that heart of entrepreneurship really is pretty captured in that. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So what did you spend most of your time doing in the first few months slash first few years of your kind of, you said in, at 23, you got licensed and then kind of moving forward from there. What occupied Marty. most of your time? 
Yes, learning, learning, and more learning. <laughs> because there is a difference probably in, in a lot of industries of what you learn textbook-wise and what you had to learn to pass the real estate exam versus real-life practicality and how it really works, you know, being out there, um, beating the bushes, but you're learning how to prospect, you're learning how to market, you're learning how to write contracts and negotiate effectively. Um, so I just say lots of learning. You can't, can't stop learning. Yeah. And when you said that you got your license right away, what did that process look like? Did you go to school for that or did you have to take classes? How did you get licensed? Yes, here in Georgia, you actually um, take a real estate course and you have to pass that course first. And then once you pass that, they give you basically a certificate that allows you to go sit for the state board exam. Mm -hmm. And then you have to go pass that exam. Um, Thankfully, I mean, these days I hear a lot of people don't pass it, <clears throat> especially the first or second time around. Um, mm-hmm. It must have been a lot easier <laughs> in the 90s. But, you know, it is, you know, they're trying to weed out the people that are not, you know, because there's a lot of real estate law in it, you know, mm-hmm. things like that. So I would say it's, it's not super easy, but it's obtainable if it's mm-hmm. a career that you're thinking about getting into. Yeah. And that's pretty much how most of the states work. So there's so many uh, things that you've mentioned so far that I just have so many more questions about. And and <laughs> just so you guys know, um, when she's talking about, yeah, she wants to pass this off to her kids and everything. Anita is not alone in her business. She has her daughter as well as her daughter-in-law working for her now. And and you'll mm-hmm. obviously, if you saw her Instagram or whatever, when we post this video you're, or this uh podcast you're gonna see that in the pictures and everything and um that's so cool to me about you saying yeah this is what I want to pass on to my family um so how does that work with um as they're getting educated going into it how how did that work for them as well well as Brie started because Brie came to me first when she was in college and said hey mom I don't think I want to get my math and science degree I think I want to go into real estate <laughs> and first I was like oh my but at the same time I was like oh that's awesome because this is the one thing I know you know that I can mm-hmm. I can show her and so she asked if I would help and at first it was just hey would you help me get started it wasn't necessarily hey let's work together and that just kind of progressed and as we decided yeah let's do this together um, we had to have a lot of conversations like a lot of families need to do. I think it's mm-hmm. wise to sit and talk through your plan ahead of time. Like, what does it look when you have a bad day? What does that look like? Um, what does it look like when we don't agree on things? Um, what do we do when we're both having one of those days where we don't agree so we can still get our jobs done and walk away and love each other and be still family first? Mm-hmm. Um, so we had to talk through all that ahead of time. And then Brianna came on board first as administrative assistant worked with me for a year and um, took the real estate course and got licensed and then went into production. So for us, there's, you can have a team with different roles on it. So you, if you're in production, you're on the sales part of it. Then we also have support staff that are like operations. Um, it's all the behind the scenes paperwork, marketing, things like that. So when she decided to go into production, she came on as our buyer specialist. And so she works with all of our buyers and is amazing at it and actually did so good her first year i was planning on making her a partner with me by the time she hit 25 but actually made her a partner this past year so now she's 50 50 owner in the business with me Hmm. and um as you mentioned my daughter in love 
um, joined us <laughs> this year, which we're super excited about, and she's amazing. Mm -hmm. And um, as she's with us longer, we'll see what direction she wants to go. She wants to, you know, do what she's doing on the admin upside, or she wants to go into production. And um, at some point, I will retire and give the business to the girls. Hmm. That's so, so cool. <laughs> knowing that we started that legacy, you know, and it's something that they want to do. Of course, they approached, you know, like Bree approached me on it. So it's not something that, you know, know it's like oh you need to do this you need to do this mm -hmm. I think your children you are going to go into business as a family they need to be the ones to take the first step because they don't necessarily always want to follow in their parents footsteps <laughs> so and that's okay right we want them to do what they have a passion for and love doing so it's, it's been great it's been the best decision I've made so you mentioned that Brie had kind of been going to school and then came to you do you think that um just education wise that that was valuable for her for going to math and science did that really play into a lot of the stuff that she does on a day-to-day -day basis with you it does i mean she's fast on her feet when it comes to math and helping people figure things out because we're a lot of problem solving so there's a lot of critical thinking and problem solving involved so yeah i think mm -hmm. that definitely plays into it if you were someone who has a marketing degree or a sales background i think all of those are valuable um I think it's also valuable if you have, if you're on a business track in college, because I think sometimes the pitfall is people get in and think, oh, I'm going to drive around and look at beautiful homes with people all day. <laughs> and yeah, you get to do that. That's awesome. And you get to help people sell their property. But there is so much that happens in between. You're negotiating a contract, you know, and in Georgia, we write special steps that are in there. And that can be, you know, you have to make sure you're doing that right and that you're protecting your client. And um, there's also days that <clears throat> things are turning upside down because somebody didn't do something they were supposed to do, whether a lender said, yeah, they're pre-approved, but they really weren't, or um, they said, oh yeah, I'm W-2'd, and then they have extra money showing up, and stuff so, so, and you're helping problem solve, you know, making sure everything's together. So I think the um, having the, a business side of it too, so you can have a business mind, but also being able to run your business because you can be out looking at beautiful homes all day, but you have to be able to manage money. You have to be able to um, know how to run your business in a business model, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. so it's not yeah. all just about selling pretty homes. It's a business. Yeah, yeah. So that kind of transitions into like, how do you pay yourself as a realtor? <laughs> yes, we are actually incorporated. Some agents choose to be sole proprietors and you can do that for a little while, but once you hit a certain income level, um, it's prudent to go ahead and get yourself incorporated or to become an LLC. Hmm. Um, so we actually pay ourselves a salary. We um, run our payroll through SunTrust Payroll Service. So we actually do have a payroll service. We run ourselves a paycheck every other week. And then we pay ourselves profit distributions. So we have it set up where, you know, we have money going to our income account and our profit account, operating account. So we have a certain percentage that goes into each account, a tax account, um, to make sure that we're paying ourselves that salary. And then once we hit certain um, milestones, would be probably the appropriate way to put it, then we'll give ourselves profit distributions. And that's kind of the extra bonus gravy. Mm. And um, that keeps us all on track. Because I think sometimes that can also be a pitfall that agents will have is you know they get a big commission check and comes in that comes in and then they're not really looking ahead and planning ahead you know and then they might go a month and not have a closing especially if you're new you could go a couple months and not have a closing 
And if you spend all that money, as soon as it comes in a month or so later, you're like, ah, <laughs> you still need the money to run the business, right? It's almost like finding that balance and finances in your work too. And um, right. so, yeah. And how do you, speaking about balance, how does that look like in life? Because it does seem like it's such a, because you're working for yourself, there is a, a big element of, of work-life balance that comes into play there. So specifically with your family and things and having to be available to clients, what did that look like when you were transitioning to that? And does that still affect you now with the work-life balance? It does. And it goes through seasons. In the very beginning, um, whenever I was first getting started, it was definitely you're wearing all hats by yourself for sure. And it can, you're running around crazy. And then you have to decide at what point am I going to leverage my time? And that leverage can look like multiple things. It can be, I need to add a housekeeper. So it takes cleaning the house off of my plate. It can be, I need to add a landscaping company so that when the weekend comes and I have a few hours to spend with my husband, he's not having to be in the yard mowing the lawn. So leverage can look a bunch of different ways. Um, it could be somebody cooking meals for you or being able to pick up meals. So leverage can be that way, especially when you're first starting out to start with the small things. And then it can turn into, okay, I need to add a full-time or a part-time administrative assistant. And then I need to add a full-time admin. So when you get to the point where you're pushing the limits and it's taken away from your family and it's taken away you know, we do this to build businesses worth having and, and lives worth living. So if you're spending all your life and you're working and you're not living, then what are you doing it for, right? So um, you have to put the boundaries there. Now, there are times, that being said, like right now, we're in a very low inventory market here in Georgia, and that's pretty much across the country. And because of that low inventory, and there's a lot of buyers and not enough sellers, um, buyers are fighting over homes. And when I say fighting over them, there's bidding wars. So there could be 15 offers mm -hmm. coming in on one particular home. Wow. So what that means is if we have a client that we've been out looking with, and let's say they've been looking for the past two weeks and they really, really got to move. When that listing pops up on the market today at two o'clock, you better bet we need to be there by two 30 <laughs> because everybody's wow. going to be looking at it. So it does right now. It's a little, um, it's a little challenging because you really, if you're really got your client's best interest at heart, you got to pick up and be ready to go and look at that property because if not, they could lose out and that could be the one. Um, it's not always like that though. So it's a season. I think there's an ebb and flow, but I would say time blocking your time, leveraging your time. So if you, um, there's a thing in bold, we have a Keller Williams has an amazing higher level productivity coaching that we can attend a couple times a year called bold. Mm -hmm. And one of the bold laws is um, our work expands to fill the time allowed. So mm -hmm. you can let your work keep filling all your time or you can control that time block it and say, this is how much time I'm giving to this. And then this is my family time. And then there's another bold law that says um, you teach people how to treat you. And I think that that's very valuable in any business. So when we return a text message to a client at 10 o'clock at night, we're telling them, hey, it's okay to text us at 10 o'clock at night. Now, sometimes we're negotiating and that's inevitable, um, but there is a point where 
you do have to put the boundaries up and say, okay, I'm with my family now. I won't put my phone down. Hmm. Yeah. I think that maybe answered your question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So just a clarifying question on that. As you're, if you're a new, um, a new agent just starting out or whatever, what's the typical close or typical close time for a listing to sell? Um, what should they expect? And then how, this is the second part of this question. What kind of time frame should somebody be looking at putting in a day or even a week in terms of hours when they first start to really get momentum? Um, we have, I know people that have done it part-time while they've started out somewhere else, um, like if they had another job. So I think it's just doing the right things during the time you have. I mean, you could accomplish it in, in certainly a 40-hour work week. It's just deciding what you're going to do, what kind of activities, income-producing activities that you're going to do during that time. We had, for example, um, there's a, a fireman in my office. He's a full-time firefighter. And he practices real estate um, on the time that he's not on the clock with the fire station. And he's done quite well, done really, really well. And um, of course, he wants to still keep serving. But a lot of people will do it that way and transition over. I didn't start that way. I just jumped in with two feet and kept right on going. But you could definitely do it in a 40-hour work week. It's just making sure that you're using the time that you're putting in wisely. Yeah. And then to kind of the second part of that question, how then do you, um, like the closing time? So like if, he, yeah. if you're <laughs> just starting out and you're like, I really have to make my first sale, yeah. how long is that time frame usually? Well, once you get something on the market or under contract or a buyer, it's usually a 30-day closing period. A lot of that's going to be dictated by their lender and the type of loan they're getting. But usually mm -hmm. the turnaround time is 30 days. Most realtors, um, I mean, if you get involved with a company like Keller Williams is amazing about new agent training. Mm -hmm. And we have even a course called Ignite that's kind of the, okay, now I have my license. Now what do I do with it? Which is great. It, and it get, goes ahead and gets them started right away, building their database, sending out note cards, telling the people that you know, and letting them know that you're in the business. If you're doing those things, you could get a buyer, get out showing them a I'm right away and then have a closing, you know, 30 days later. For a lot of agents, it's going to take a couple of months. And I would say before you have a really good income coming in, it's going to take you a year to two years before you're going to have real good consistency and a good, good income coming in. Hmm. But that to be said, you can do it part time and get started, but you don't want to stay part time because I think the part time realtors out there it can get challenging as you continue to get busier and busier. So you need to at some point take the leap and jump in with both feet. That makes sense. How did you, when you were starting out or even now, how did you build your network of people who help you do your job, whether that's like adjusters or appraisers, cleaning staff, how did you kind of go about building that network for yourself? Yeah. So you find the ones that are fabulous at it. Um, Usually a lot of them try to connect with us as realtors and then we have a strategic partner list that we sit down and we've met and spoken with these folks to make sure when we recommend them out they're going to do their business at a high level because we don't want to recommend people that are not you know really giving it their all like we are but our people that we connect with all the time are like our lenders our home inspectors our closing attorney pest control termite mold remediation roofers handyman subcontractors, 
radon. I mean, there's so many things when it, when you think about a home, um, because when you have a home on the market, um, once that home's inspected, so let's say it's your listing, because it's all, not all about just finding buyer homes. We certainly do that, but also you represent sellers. And when that home goes under contract and that buyer gets their inspection, now there's some things that might be happening with the house that that seller wasn't aware of. So you got to have those go-to people that you know are going to give your client a good price to take care of an issue. Um, but a lot of them um, we find because they searched us out and have not worked with us, or some of them have been people somebody else recommended to us. So we use them, we give them a try. If they do a great job, then we keep them on our list. Um, ask around referrals is really the best way. We reach out to our clients. Hey, have you guys had a painter that you've really loved? Um, you know, ask other realtors. You know, if you've got a real, especially if you're brand new, let's say you are a brand new agent and you have your first contract and all of a sudden now it had a crawl space and the crawl space has mold. Now what do you do? Um, especially with Facebook, there's so many great Facebook groups now, like here in Atlanta, we have some that are agents helping agents that are in the state of Georgia group and agents all the time put on there, Hey, I need a surveyor. Or I need, you know, mold remediation. Who do y'all recommend? You know, if you can get a recommendation from another realtor, there's so much help out there to find good people. And then you find a good one, you put them on your list. Mm. So how have you seen technology change in real estate? Oh my goodness. Back in the nineties, um, we really had one photo in our FMLS and you couldn't even really email that to your client. <laughs> it's so sad to think back what it was like back then. You actually had a printout that you had to look at mm -hmm. and there weren't all these photos online that people could look at. And also we would advertise in the newspaper and in a book called Harmon Homes or Real Estate Guide. So as a realtor, it was great because you got your ads ready to go. Like that magazine would hit the shelf and it would be out for a month. So you were kind of doing that once a month. These days, things are moving so fast. You're producing ads and doing a lot, a lot faster and a lot more mm -hmm. like on Facebook or social media, Instagram, but also to virtual tours of being able to, for the buyer, it's just great because used to people would do a drive by on a home. And then they would call you and say, okay, well, the outside looks good. So I guess we want to go inside and see what the inside looks like. Um, now with virtual tours online, you know, people really can walk through a home and narrow it down a lot faster. So you're not just narrowing it down by on the outside. You're also narrowing it down like, oh, okay, well, we really wanted stainless steel appliances and this doesn't have, you know, what we're looking for. Um, so then you're not wasting your time looking at those homes. So that's been great. And social media definitely has changed the way we do business. Yeah. You'd kind of mentioned like with the Facebook group and stuff too, and even with ads and everything, that's huge. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, Facebook ad marketing has gotten to be um, such a big, a big way for realtors to advertise their listings. A lot of people are scrolling through Facebook and clicking on, you know, when they're looking at home. When you if you ever, when you're talking with someone who is interested in getting into this, what would be something that you have learned that you would never want someone else to repeat? Oh my goodness. So many lessons, so many lessons. I would say the big one would be to make sure that you pay your taxes out of each closing. Mm. And I'm not <laughs> saying that to say, Hey, people aren't paying their taxes. That's not what I mean by that. 
um, because realtors, if you're not set up like a corporation or an LLC and you're not being wise with how you set that up out of the gate, if you're a sole proprietor, the real estate company is cutting you that check and realtors have a tendency just to put that in their personal bank account and they don't set aside and do a separate business account. And if you're not pulling that money out from each closing and putting it into a tax account, you can, you'll be surprised. You might your first year you'll do okay because you're going to have a lot of expenses and your CPA will be great at balancing out, you know, the income versus expenses piece of it. But then the following year, if you have a jump and you go, you know, from a, a maybe like, let's say a 60 to 80,000 income, and then all of a sudden you jump to 250,000 or 300,000 income, you get thrown into a different uh, tax bracket. And so if you're not meeting with your CPA regularly and making sure that you're planning for that, I think a lot of people think, oh, well, you know, I'll save the money next closing or I'll save the money the next closing. And the next thing you know, you get to the end of the year and you're like, oh, we actually made a lot of money and we need a lot of money to be ready to pay those taxes. So that's one that you got to really be careful of. Wow. Okay. Such good advice. And we had so many more questions we didn't even get to. So, but we are going to transition to our gawk portion because Ruthie and I have been looking forward to this. Okay. <laughs> okay. We were talking a little bit beforehand, but what is some like things that they're kind of hard to deal with at real, like when you're at a property and all that kind of stuff? Yes. So one that we do run across is that, well, actually there's a couple, but, um, one that we run across is when the family is out together looking at property or even an individual out looking at property and we're on a home tour and we're looking at several homes and they need to go to the restroom all of a sudden when you're in a home and they will ask if it's okay to go to the restroom and you're like oh if we can wait till we get out of this house we'll stop you know the gas station get a snack and take a quick little break and sometimes they just can't. And we've actually had that happen before. <laughs> and our class clogged the toilet up in the home. <laughs> and that is not good. Uh, um, so then you're, you know, you're in a stranger's home trying to figure out how to plunge the toilet and get the toilet <laughs> unclogged that they really shouldn't have been using anyway. That Do you is keep, really not good. Do you keep a plunger in your, tr in your trunk now? I do not. <laughs> I <really> should. <laughs> Really, most people are good about it, but it has happened. Or sometimes you have a child that just needs to go and, you know, what are you going to do? So um, that has happened. Also, too, we've walked in on um, sometimes people not picking up their things. So you walk in the bathroom and somebody's panties will be laying on the floor or <laughs> other kinds of things laying around in, in different places. So, yeah, that can be sometimes a little embarrassing because you walk in and go, oh, my, so sorry. Um, <laughs> That's one thing that technology has helped with, though. I think people are getting a little better at making sure their home's picked up and staged, but it does happen. Um, another <laughs> thing, though, that has happened, this didn't happen to me, but it did happen to another realtor friend who was sharing this with me. Video cameras in people's homes have gotten to be so, such a thing. Like, a lot of times, the sellers, they know everything the buyer has said when they're walking around their home. Ooh. <laughs> One family got into the seller's cupboard and um, got proceeded to get some snacks down to give to the children. Mm. Um, and of course, the seller's seeing all this. So, yeah, that can be a little funny seeing the things that people do and say on either a ring doorbell or on a video in someone's home. So, I would never be even careful think of that, that out there, yeah. folks. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, note that if you're yeah. starting out. <laughs> That's right. We actually have a conversation with our clients about that before we go look at property. Like, we'll point out certain things in the home, but we will talk about it more serious once we get out, out of the house because of people videoing. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Anita, for joining us. Uh, it was so good to kind of pick your brain and hear more um, about what you do and why you do it and how you do it. Uh, and I just, yeah, thank you for sharing your wisdom. Thank um, you, guys. My pleasure. <laughs> yeah, and we'll share links to her Instagram and, and Facebook in our blog post. You guys should definitely check her out. Yeah, thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you again next week.